Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When's the last time you walked around the Arts District? A few weeks ago, I finally went with co-host David Figler to check out all the stuff he's been bragging about downtown. And I was super surprised. Every business we walked into was brand spanking new and hyper-local. And a lot of those businesses actually opened up during the pandemic. Talk about Vegas grit. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're going to tell you all about this ultimate tour of the new Arts District. It's Monday, March 27th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. David, you stay talking about downtown this and downtown that, because how long have you lived there? Broken record. Most of my life, but this last stretch, 22 years. So can we talk about the first spot you took me to? Yeah. So we did a hardcore arts district walk and all the stuff in and around that area. So we started out, actually, we were misdirected, right? We went to (laughs) one. There's so many coffee houses and it's hard to pick one that you love. But I needed coffee immediately. (laughs) You picked one that I do not love. So we're not going to mention that one. But then we reconvened over at Bungalow Coffee. It was so cute. It has trees. It's adorable. And on the Ides of March, they celebrated their two-year anniversary. So they opened up during the pandemic. Yes. uh, And they're still there and thriving. They're doing a great job. And you seem to really like the vibe there. I love anytime there's like trees all throughout a place, which is totally, I feel like, more normal now. But the fact that the seating was actually comfortable. I feel like there was a trend where Starbucks was like, get out, (laughs) and a bunch of places followed suit. So I feel like there's a lot of places that don't have comfortable seating. The seats were comfortable. It kind of took over from another coffee shop that started a couple years prior to it, but it was almost turnkey. They use a roaster out of Arkansas called Onyx, which is one of the most well-known in the country. So that's why that coffee was so good. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a gathering place, you know, politicians, uh, neighbors. I see people meeting there all the time and just enjoying the ambiance and the good food. They have a decent kitchen there, too. Right. What did. okay? so what did we get? I feel like I just got like some straight up like turkey sausage, eggs and something else because I'm just on something right now. I probably got my waffle sandy there, which I just love. It's just two waffles with sausage and an egg and some Swiss cheese. And it's just doused in. Maple syrup, Ooh, yum, yum so central. Good. Yeah, good stuff there. AJ's drink, my spouse, so AJ's drink had was a coffee, like it, it was built like a bourbon beverage, but it was a coffee beverage. Oh, he had like an old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it had coffee and it had the little orange slice across it. So it was and the just, big ice cube, the whole thing. So yeah. Oh, yes. So uh, really, uh, what is the word? Really creative drinks that, that had some personality. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it didn't feel like a cookie cutter spot. And that's what I really loved about it. 
Yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, I'm I'm going to be remiss because I am a patron of all of them. I love a lot of the coffee shops downtown. Mm-hmm. I love Vesta, which has been there since 2016. I love Makers and Finders, which went all the way back to 2014. Dig it's a new one. It's pretty cool over there too. So yeah, a lot of lot of coffee options. And we took you to Bungalow, and uh, that's where we started off our our tour. Mm-hmm. What was your next stop that you loved? Yeah, we walked down Charleston a bit, and then I have what's the cross street, David? We were on Casino Center. Ah, Casino Center. So we walked into Local Oasis, which is the perfect name for a place. And it was like grown-up Claire's with a hardcore, like, Las Vegas slant. So everything was fully themed in such a magical way. And and I love kitsch things. I got this print that said... Uh, oh, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, living the dream, like chasing after my dreams. And it's like a little black woman with her head down, like, ooh, ooh, stay with it. It's like, it's a dreamer space. And there were like cute little cacti earrings. What are things you love in there? Well, I'm I'm a tchotchke fan, too. Mm-hmm. But I love tchotchkes that have that Vegas theme or Nevada theme. And, and that was abundant in that cute little curated space. I mean... It's a small space, but it is packed with goodies. And so actually some of the things have been made by friends of mine who are makers. So yeah. I, I think it's kind of almost like a, an an Etsy come to life in a lot mm. of ways. And there's practical stuff. There's whimsical stuff. Yes. There's cards. There's lots and lots and lots of gift ideas. So really enjoyed that. Yeah. And they were super nice there, too. The candles. Oh my gosh, what a, the Seven Magic Mountain Candle. Yes. Like, what? Pattered after the great sculpture just outside of town. That was so cool. I was like, oh, great do I want to watch sculpture. Do I want to watch it melt, though? And it's like, I kind of think I do. I would, because I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> of that sculpture, but I get it. So what I loved also was behind the register, it said, like, by supporting this business, you are contributing to a more equitable world. Basically, like, you're, you're helping support small businesses, but you're you're contributing directly to like this family owned business. And I was like, you better tell me what I'm doing with my dollar. I'm with it. And then I bought something else and I'm going to bring my nieces in there and it's going to be just amazing. Hopefully they don't knock everything down. No, so cute. And they opened during the pandemic as well. They opened back in 2020. So making it not easy. Vegas is so amazing. So we're walking down Casino Center and it's windy AF. Like we're... (sighs) It's windy. And I'm, of course, pointing out all the little spots. I'm pointing out layer lounges like in 2020, another pandemic, and that's a place to get facials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then DE Thai has been there since 2018. Amazing Thai food that we bounce into all the time because it's so close. Mm-hmm. And we just kept on walking down that windy road down Casino Center. Yes. Uh, and kind of peeking down the streets as we go, California, Colorado. And then we hit a little segment over there on Colorado with little bungalows. And we found a place that you like too called Analog Dope. I feel so loved that you that you and Ray took me there because I was like, where are we going? You're like, bookstore. I was like, oh, I love bookstores. But what is this place? It is so small. It's like a trailer. And it used to be where Soul Sessions and Open Mic and I used to be. It's in that same area. So we walk inside Analog Dope. It is a Black-owned bookstore. It is, like, lined to the ceiling with books. We had to search for the poetry section, but when we found it, I was quite happy. What I loved was that there was art in the space. It was packed, but because it was small, it didn't take much to pack it. Everything that was front-facing, they had selected a bunch of children's books, too, that were really, like, some of my favorites. So I got my nieces where the wild things are. David, what do you really love about Analog Dope? Do you feel like it's a downtown fixture? 
Well, it's new. It just opened up last year, and they already have established themselves. I love the idea that more retail came in. For a long time, it was just kind of restaurant drink, restaurant drink, and there was a lot of that going on. Yeah. I mean, the first like established business that's still down there is Casa Don Juan, the Mexican restaurant, which was a favorite of First Fridays going all the way back to the early aughts. Mm -hmm. And then Artifice, which is right by Bungalow, popped up like 2011, Velveteen Rabbit 2013. So all these like really cool places to hang and beverage and stuff like that were all popping up and making the Arc District what it was going to be. And now all these new folks are coming in and and getting to vibe off that energy mm. and analog dope definitely fit in almost immediately. For sure. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. So we keep walking. I don't know what street we turned on. What street did we turn on, David? I think we made it all the way down to Imperial. Ah. And then we took a little sojourn past a wedding chapel or two into Silver Stamp. You were so geeked to bring me in there. So we walk in and you were like, it's a non-smoking bar in Vegas. Yeah. No smoking, no gambling, just beer and a couple of other goodies in there, but mostly beer. Yeah. So you got to tell them what you love so much about that. I mean, there's like six reasons, but let's get through these six reasons. Oh, there's like 16 reasons. Right. No, I'm a big fan of Silver Stamp. It opened up also during the pandemic 2021. Mm-hmm. They just celebrated their two year anniversary recently. And I always describe it as it's your favorite uncle's garage in Milwaukee, replete with like a wall of beer cans, cool old school beer cans. It's a totally comfy spot. They have a great selection of stuff, stuff that appeals to me, basically any beer drinker. But Silver Stamp had a nice curated selection as well. And we found ourselves a little table and we grabbed some popcorn. We did. Yeah. It was fun. And it was it did. It had neighborhood bar. It had Cheers vibes. Like it, it. Everybody was so nice, and there was, and it was middle of the day. And middle it was of the day was bad. Yeah. Yo, it was so full, but not overwhelming. People weren't all up on each other. People were still polite. There, I'm like, is is it? Has it always been like smoking just makes people mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes people around people who smoke mean. Let's be real. <laughs> 
but it was it was a solid like dope vibe and it had a little bit of analogness to it as well because that tv in the corner so i don't know well and the the owners of it kind of built it themselves in fact if you go to their instagram you could see the progress just hands and knees and sweat and blood just building Mm. this this out of nothing right and just creating a, a friendly third space a bar that people love to hang in and it's kind of tempting the edge of the arts district, but the arts district would go on even further than that, but we had to kind of flip around Mm. uh, because it was getting a little late. But there were so many places I wanted to show you. I love my arts district. Yeah, magical. And the thing that really struck me about it was like, damn, downtown is constantly changing, maybe more than any other part of town. And even as we walked past things, I was like, oh, that, the I think Dig It, maybe it was Dig It used to be a different coffee shop. Yeah. Some places definitely gone through transformations already in in the short time, although it's not short anymore. I mean, you really look at the the arts district becoming its newest iteration all the way back in 2013. I mentioned Velveteen Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Exchange opened up a big retail shop down there 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got your first brew pub went down there, Hop Nuts, in 2015. So that's when it really started to kind of vibe. And it was only like, like I said, eight to 10 years ago. Yeah. How does it feel for you to live somewhere where things are changing so much? Well, there was always a promise of that kind of happening. You know, there's always been this sort of ebb and flow vibrancy of the bigger downtown area. The arts district so named because there were a bunch of art galleries down there. The arts factory, a lot of people are familiar with right over on Artway and Charleston. That was a big destination for art lovers, and there were things that were around there that aren't there anymore. And then there's an industry, Commerce, which also had a bunch of neat stuff on it, kind of went away, and now Commerce is back with a vengeance. There's a lot of lot of different things, especially retail on, on Commerce as well, so all part of that arts district. And so that is exciting to kind of watch that happen in a very organic way with lots and lots and lots of different owners. And that's what I... I really like most about it is there are a lot of people participating, including friends and neighbors, people who have lived in the neighborhood for a really long time. Not universally. Right. But yeah, that's kind of the thing that's happening. And it's sad to see when some some don't make it. I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be competition. That's how it works. But definitely still vibrant. Yeah. And hyped. <laughs> <laughs> so lit. Well, the other thing we walked past to was housing that I did not know existed on that side of downtown. Oh, yeah, there used to be motels. And I don't know the names of all of them, but they're struggling with the, with the housing concept. I mean, there were some rough and tumble, shorter term places that were down in that area. What street was that? All kind of around Casino Center. That's kind of the main area where there's where there's still housing, although there's little pockets of it kind of dotting all over that area. And there has been little housing down there for decades, decades before the arts district was, you know, even a branded notion in someone's <laughs> mind. And some of those have been converted and some people have been maybe pushed to other places. I'm not keeping track on the rents down there, but I can't imagine that they're staying in the affordable range. But also, some of those places are a little run down, and then they're kind of slapping some paint on them, and then up in the price, and that's unfortunate. It's not even the good version of gentrification. It's it's the trash yeah. version, where like at least make it nicer if you're going to come in and make it un, like unaffordable. At least make it nice. 
Yeah, well, and some people are doing that as well. And I don't want to discount that new housing、mm-hmm. is being built up in that area as well. Sam Cherry, who's a developer downtown, did the big Soho lofts that people are familiar with. Opened up a four-story, sixty-three-unit share downtown apartment complex right there in the Arts District in 2020, above well, Diggits below it. <laughs> so that's in that same area there on Casino Center, and I believe Colorado. Right. That's the interesting part. Is it's giving bodega, like it's giving like okay, above this is this housing. Housing is above these stores and these restaurants and these bars, and I can't imagine paying whatever the hell they're paying. And living above noise and shenanigans—that feels—that sounds terrible. Yeah, it's a real mixed bag with housing. I, there's really no thoughtful like development idea. So it's almost like a quasi gentrification. It's a very hit and miss. And some people are winding up getting hit, and there's some big misses too.、Mm-hmm. So we'll see where kind of that goes as the rents rise and it becomes more and more popular and more and more retail and. Restaurants and bars and stuff like that kind of pop in there, but it's it's definitely interesting to watch occur. And going back to your original question, I mean it's exciting, but you also, you know, your heart goes out if somebody was living down there for a really long time and that was their spot, and then all of a sudden they're priced out. That's never a good thing, especially in Las Vegas where affordable housing is not available, and we're one of the worst in the country for that. Right. I know. I said I was like the good kind. I don't know if there's a good kind of gentrification, but I feel like at least up to par. I mean, this, if we're gonna do it, do it with the high standards of creating something that's really nice for people to live in. It's definitely a space in the arts district that people who might not have felt comfortable walking around a few years ago for whatever their reasons, whatever biases, or whatever reality was down there. A lot of that is being dissipated by all the new development and all the people. And there's always going to be less hassle when there's more eyes around and more people walking. And you can go down there on a weekend and see families and people exploring. And I'll tell you a funny little anecdote. Hopefully, you remember when the when we were young fest got canceled because of weather. So all those folks were downtown adjacent, having no idea where to go. And I'm sure they all hit Yelp right away and just found. The arts district,、mm. and so Ray and I kind of plopped down with some drinks over at Davies,、mm. uh, which is right next to Rebar on the patio.、Uh, yeah, on the patio in the boat. In the boat, they have a little <laughs> boat outside, right on Main Street. And we just kind of plopped down and did people watching, and all the kids getting their ten dollar tattoos at Coolsville. <laughs> That said, definitely a place where people go. It's a destination where locals and visitors are. Meshing and lots of good spots for them to hit. Spots that I would have loved to have taken you on our tour as well, but we just didn't have the time to go into every single place. But that means that next time we hang out, you can take me to other other spots, and I really look forward to that. Well, I want to ask you, David, what do you think downtown will look like in ten years? Well, I think a lot of people are going to try to replicate the success of the Arts District in other pockets of downtown. I I see more of this. I mean, this was always kind of the the vision that people had for Fremont Street and Fremont East, and it was happening for a while with some you know early. Adopters down there, and 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 there was that same kind of energy. There was downtown cocktail room and beauty bar and Griffin and a bunch of food places, you know. And then the downtown project came along after all that had already started, and they tried to carve out their singular vision. And you know, the the jury is out on how successful that was. It definitely had an impact in the area, and I think as a result, organically, a lot of stuff happened down in the arts district 
far more successfully. Mm. And so I think that model once once you run out of space in the arts district, it'll probably keep growing. Mm. It'll probably be in every areas. And I think in 10 years, you're going to see a lot of other places in Las Vegas opening up maybe second locations down there. We've already gotten at a couple of things. Right. Tacotarian, it's their second location yes. is downtown. Freed's Bakery, which is a staple of Las Vegas baked goods for decades and decades and decades, opened up an outpost down there. Of course, Buffalo Exchange used to be over by the university, and, and they moved early on, like hmm. I said, 2014, down into that area. So I, I think there's going to be more of that. I think people are going to be upset once Urban Outfitters and uh, McDonald's opens up Blasphemy. additional, you know, I don't know. McDonald's is that the measure these days? I think maybe it is. a Panera Bread. If I don't a, know. If a Starbucks opens up out there, I think we'll. Well, all I mean, there's Starbucks scream. not terribly far away. Uh, you know, there's always a Starbucks nearby. I don't care where you are, <laughs> Vogue. I mean, there's there's a Starbucks in 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 the studio where I'm recording this right now. <laughs> yeah, but I I hope I love that. I hope that that's what we get to see. Uh, is that it makes the city kind of even more interconnected. I think every city has its own downtown and its own vibe, but I think sometimes people assume that the Strip is Las Vegas' downtown. And I'm just, I'm always excited to be like, that is not my downtown. Let me take you. Yeah, it's not just Main Street, right? It's Casino Center, it's Commerce, it's parts of Charleston, and it's it's growing. Uh, but, you know, w with success comes challenges of... Oh, that's really expensive. I should have got in five years ago. Or, oh, I could have had my dream spot down there 10 years ago, oh, but now it's I out of my price range. So there'll be a lot of that, too. But I think there's going to be some innovation, especially as housing goes up and they're going to need retail on the lower levels because that's a new trend. We could see some really interesting and innovative things. And it'll be interesting to see if we can replicate it in other parts of downtown as well. Mm. Cheers to downtown. Cheers to downtown, a celebration of the arts district in the downtown area. Thanks so much, David. I appreciate you. Yeah, and I appreciate you. And I appreciate sharing this great city with both you and all our listeners. Now for some things you should know before you go. From the legislature, Governor Joe Lombardo testified in support of his measure to repeal the state's restorative justice framework as lawmakers also deliberated a bill to allow the expulsion of students as young as six. Also, in case you missed Friday's CityCast Las Vegas episode, we came up with cool ideas for improving the airport. Give it a listen. <laughs> Turns out the airport had an idea of its own, opening 600 new parking spaces. But the real question is, are they gonna be free for locals? That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you stop by any of the places we mentioned, tell them CityCast Las Vegas sent you. Also, don't forget to rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. We're doing a podcast. Podcast. Yay. Uh, <laughs> All right. No, I'm excited about podcasting. Good. You better be, damn it. All my right. co-host, Rar. Yes. Vogue Rar Vincent. <laughs>